Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crowded Booth Podcast. Bryce Kuhn, your host, alongside virtually Nathan King. We're doing this via StreamYard. Nathan, is this your first, um, we'll say, opportunity with StreamYard? Because I'm using it, and I love it so far. Yeah, I've never been on it before. I assumed I use Zoom for our podcasts, and most people use Zoom right now. But no, I mean, it looks really nice. It's a nice-looking professional setup. Yes, yeah, my first time. First time, first time. Well, listen, Nathan, we appreciate you coming on. Um, I know we got your name out of the way. Nathan King here with uh, Auburn and 24-7 Sports. But Nathan, tell us a little bit about yourself because I was telling you before we were started recording, you know, we're in the Columbus area. So we pull obviously 45 minutes away from all. We have a ton of Auburn fans over here. But, you know, they may know your name through social media and some channels. But, but you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I love the Columbus area, by the way. My wife and I like to drive over there. Um, yeah, I graduated from Auburn in goodness well i actually graduated in may but obviously i couldn't walk then so had to wait till august to walk but um yeah i went to auburn for four years and and worked at the student paper there did a handful of internships uh after a while got really into sports media as we all do uh just kind of got hooked and no matter how many times people told me that it was the job prospects were bad and stuff i was like nope i'm just gonna do it because i like it a lot and so luckily i uh i lucked out i think upon graduation and got a really great gig and it's been going really awesome so far yeah i love how you talked about that you know everyone warns you when you get into this business Mm -hmm. of you know it's really tough and then you throw on a pandemic in the middle of it and that's never never too fun but listen nathan we're gonna hop right into obviously you're covering auburn and a days coming up this podcast we're recording it on thursday night it'll come out friday morning but the big news this week over on the Plains has kind of been in, in the hoops and for Auburn Arena. And so talk to me about Walker Kessler. Obviously, um, you know, the, there's the UGA. We also kind of have some UGA fans. There's the UGA legacy there. So the name, last name Kessler means something. But for Auburn fans, you know, this is a really big addition, a very talented big man. So kind of talk to me, you know, what is uh, what are the things you're hearing and kind of how this can fit and what this really means for what it's looking like right now. And I think, you know, there was a tweet going around and I don't know if it was yours, and so I'm mistaken from. But you know, you got some highly recruited guys coming in here right now, and and so talk to me a little bit about what this means for the program. Yeah, I mean, there's no way around it. This is probably one of the biggest additions, commitments from the portal or for from high school um, in college basketball this calendar year, all across the country. A guy, Walker Kessler, seven foot one, center out of Woodward Academy. Um, he played one year at North Carolina. The thing was, why people kind of immediately pivoted to Auburn that Auburn might be an option when he entered the transfer portal was because Auburn was with his recruitment the entire time. Um, I remember back in 2019, I was like doing a recruiting event. I remember meeting him two years ago when Auburn was really trying to, to get after him. Back then, the big thing that stood out to me was proximity. Um, his family has a has a lake house at Lake Martin. Um, you know, they're not too far in the Atlanta area. Like you said, Georgia legacy, just really that deep south kind of footprint for his family. And so I think um, it surprised a lot of people when he went to North Carolina. Um, it was sort of a situation where they swooped in at the last minute. Auburn felt really good about that recruitment. It almost felt like it did with this time around. Mm-hmm. And so when he decided to enter the portal, everyone knew his relationship with Bruce Pearl. He really likes Bruce Pearl's play style. He kind of promised Kessler he would be a stretch five and to be able to, everyone knows Bruce Pearl likes to shoot threes. He didn't really do a lot of that under Roy Williams. And so North Carolina under Hubert Davis, new coach, they made a really big push at the last mm-hmm. minute, drove down to see, Kessler's family while they were on vacation. Hopefully uh, they agreed to it and they didn't just like Blake Griffin style <laughs> show up at their show up at their front door. But um, yeah, but ultimately Auburn pulled it off. That was a crazy day. Um, I was convinced in the morning North Carolina had him 
I was telling mm. people that, um, not publicly, but, uh, and then later in the day, everything just went Auburn's way. And yeah, you're exactly right. This turns into a really talented, it already was better than last year, but these are now the two highest rated signees, obviously, assuming everything goes according to plan, he signs Jabari Smith. They've already got him on board. He's the highest rated signee in program history. And Kessler, if he comes on board, is going to be number two. And that's pretty insane to think about based on where this program was really before Bruce Pearl got things rolling. And so they're not done yet. But but right now, even just with this current roster, if they didn't add anybody else, um, anything less than a, than an NCAA tournament berth would be a pretty big disappointment next season. You talked prior to Bruce Pearl. I don't know if you know this, but the joke around here in the Chattahoochee Valley area is that Columbus State Division II school went over to Auburn and beat them in a uh, exhibition game early in the season. So Auburn has seen some great strides in their basketball program. And you kind of hit on this, but for fans who who love the schematics of basketball and they, and they love that, how does this fit? Because Kessler, to me, you know, I cover some of the ACC side, and so I got to see him a couple times. Kessler, to me, was a guy who – he got he started to see some more playing time first off with Garrison Brooks going down to injury. And I think North Carolina fans and ACC fans who watched through the tournament as well kind of see saw what he could do. How should you know should Auburn fans be excited? Because he has that stretch five ability. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think ACC fans just overall and North Carolina fans as well. Um, I think we're kind of on the fence about his abilities, but I mean that that happens anytime. I mean, I think he was only playing something like four minutes a game mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. I mean, you know, all the talent North Carolina had in their front court, and then that opportunity sort of opened up. And so for him, the the thing that Auburn fans are realizing is you can't just look at his kind of face value stats from last season. You can't just look at points and rebounds and blocks and say, All right, well, that's a pretty subpar big man. Um, kind of on a per minutes basis, some of his advanced statistics were pretty ridiculous. He would have had um, the highest player efficiency rating on Auburn's roster. Um, I think he would have had the second highest offensive efficiency behind Sharif Cooper, who was a ridiculously um, productive offensive player. So you just watch what he does on both ends of the floor. He's a guy who rim runs really well. Um, he's going to give you a lot of second chance opportunities, which is something Auburn didn't do very well last season. Then you talked about just kind of fitting in schematically with Auburn's system. They had a guy for a few years, a big man, Anthony McLemore, who started a lot of games at center and he was a guy who didn't shoot very much when he first came but once he developed that outside shot he was a really really good just kind of a really good utility player for them um I, he did a lot of great things to space the floor bruce pearl can can have a good team without that kind of a player but i think he really thrives when he starts to have a guy like that that can open up opportunities for everybody else while also getting himself some opportunities and then obviously kessler i mean just on paper is a lot more talented than Macklemore. So theoretically, he should be kind of a better version of that kind of player. So again, not just on paper, but in terms of how these guys are playing off of each other, a lot of them aren't even on campus yet, but you can sort of see Bruce Pearl's vision and and then see how this roster and this lineup is going to look. It it looks like it'll be one of the better ones in the SEC. Talked about the SEC. It's seemingly, you know, five to 10 years ago, it was Kentucky and everyone else. And right now, I think the SEC could boast, you know, obviously this year was kind of a down year. And a big part of that was Auburn and kind of what they were unable to do and some of the struggles they had. But, you know, what quickly, what are your, some of your expectations if you had to play some? I mean, obviously it's early on for Auburn. Obviously there's some things. But what are some of those that you could place on them? You kind of alluded to it with an NCAA tournament. This is a talented group they have coming in. Yeah, something that's really exciting. I mean, people who live in Columbus are are pretty close to it. But I mean, just basketball in the state of Alabama is mm-hmm. seeming like but between the, the two schools is seeming like it's going to be really good 
um, for years to come. I know I would see when North Carolina, when the job opened, um, I guess it wasn't really open. They probably had Hubert Davis picked, but a bunch of Auburn fans were like, wow, you know, how great would Nate Oates be at North Carolina? Just trying to like get him out of here. And then Alabama fans are doing the same thing with Bruce Pearl. And so just as an aside, I'm really looking forward to the next, hopefully, you know, five, six, seven, eight Mm -hmm. years of them just going toe to toe every season because Bama's also added some really looks like they're going to reload and be just fine. Um, Yeah. Top half of the SEC as a, as a floor probably for Auburn. Um, This was a team that this is a program that should have gone to three consecutive NCAA tournaments because the third one was the one that was canceled um, Mm -hmm. by COVID. And so last year, yeah, it was a big blip um, for them. They were actually the youngest roster in college basketball period you know all not all divisions just division one but all conferences or whatever they were the youngest lineup in the country um they're getting a lot of really good experience back i think having sharif cooper leave he was a again i don't know if there was another freshman in the country who just kind of on a per minute basis had more of an impact him leaving is really um kind of a stinker for them but if they can find my thing is if they can find a suitable point guard replacement they got wendell green from eastern kentucky he's a pretty high level transfer but if they can find a guy who's just at least pretty serviceable, they did that a few years ago in Javon McCormick replacing Jared Harper. He was pretty good. He was pretty above average. If they can find a guy like that, you look at every other position on this roster and it's got like a four star or a five star or somebody who has NBA potential like Alan Flanagan, maybe JT Thor comes back. He's testing the NBA draft waters. So in terms of talent alone, the roster should finish in the top five of the sec and then me just with bruce pearl's coaching ability which has shown over the years to be fantastic um right now yeah i'd I'd pick them as a top three team in the sec top four top three is probably what you're looking at right now and again they're not done they're still working in the transfer portal and and possibly on the high school level too i want to ask more question i hadn't planned this but specifically jt thor i got this question of the day you know do we think you know obviously I like it for these guys because they can really take it up almost until the last second, and that helps them for their development. What is the latest with JT Thor and the odds maybe that he may come back to campus? Yeah, it's a difficult juggling act for Bruce Pearl right now because now with Kessler on board, you've got one scholarship spot left. Um, and then Thor, that kind of, you know, if he comes back, he, he occupies that spot. Um, and so now you're not 100% sure what you want to do. They're trying to get a guy, Scoot Henderson, um, which people in Georgia know, a five-star point guard. He's in the 2022 class. It's funny. He's not even committed to Auburn, but it's just been this thing for so long where everyone just assumes he's going to go there. Um, yeah, They're trying to get him to reclassify to 2021. And so there's your there's your point guard problem. You know, if you, if you get him on board, that's out of the way. And so it's yeah, you're right. It's, it's great for guys like JT Thor who can, you know, take the time and shoot. I would. I mean, who, who wouldn't just go get evaluated and see what your stock is? It seems like a perfect opportunity. But with all, what Auburn's trying to do right now, it is a bit of an inconvenience because you want to give him as much time as possible to figure things out and get evaluated. But at the same time, Bruce Pearl's like biting his fingernails, like <laughs> trying to get this roster done, <laughs> trying to make sure he doesn't lose out on guys because he's waiting on JT Thor. And so um, really the way I look at it and the way I've talked about it with Auburn people before is you could be in a lot worse of a situation mm-hmm. than having a guy in the NBA draft process good enough to think about that and then trying to get a high-level player like a Scoot Henderson or somebody else, you you could be in a lot worse situations. You know, those are four-star, five-star guys, NBA guys, you know, top point guard guys. You could be in a lot worse situations. So I think regardless, they'll be good. But I do think uh, that, again, that point guard situation kind of has to be figured out. Because um, if, if Wendell Green is not your answer, 
I think you're kind of in a hole a little bit at that position. So maybe they want Scoot Henderson more than Thor. I don't know. Thor was a great player last season. I don't really think there's any sort of update on him. I think he's just still testing the waters. And like you said, he's got a while before he has to make any sort of big decision. So, Yeah, that decision will have to come. Obviously, the NBA didn't really set that due to kind of some just different circumstances. Let's move over to football because that's kind of obviously the big story, especially here in the Southeast. Basketball is definitely rising. I'll say that, especially across the Chattahoochee where we are. But when we talk about football, A-Day is this weekend. Um, I know it's going to be exciting. 40% capacity, Nathan, which, you know, correct me wrong, that's higher than what they had in the fall. And I don't know what the turnout will be. Will you be in the building or is it, is it going to be a virtual cover? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'll be in the press box. Um, I only got to go to like three or four home games, which that makes me sound snooty. Most people in the country didn't get to go to a <laughs> college football game last year but that is super exciting when i saw the capacity raised um it's exciting that we get to do it in a safe sense because it seems mm-hmm. like things are getting a lot safer yes it is higher than last season and so that that gives me some optimism you know that we've gone from 20 percent to 40 percent. maybe we can get closer to a capacity crowd um in the fall because that's like a third of what players have been talking about this spring is that they didn't really realize how much of a difference it made until last mm-hmm. season rolled around. And I mean, Jordan Hare is a, is a killer home field advantage when it gets rolling and they just didn't have it last year. And I mean, I went to the iron bowl last year and that was, it was great. It was loud, but it just didn't compare to iron bowls of the past. It just felt really strange. So, but yes, I will be there. I'm really, really excited. Obviously Brian Harson's first spring game. They'll, it'll look a lot different than a Gus Malzahn spring game, I think. Um, but again, you know, there's lots of moving pieces right now. There's lots of stuff they're trying to figure out that that should be ex- pretty exciting to to see in person and in a big scrimmage setting like that. Yeah, I think it offers the fans who are going to be in attendance as well to kind of see what this new look Auburn, a new era on the planes and what that'll look like. I want to just take a, a quick second to talk about both sides of the football and defensively, Derek Mason is obviously defensive coordinator for Auburn and I came in I love that hire. Derek Mason first off a high character person. Um, you know, Vanderbilt is a tough place to be successful. And then you throw the fact that they're in the SEC. But Derek Mason did, a, did a, what I felt like was a good job there. You know, what is the Auburn defense going to look like? Is it going to be something different than what we've seen in years prior? Or are we going to get a glimpse of that on Saturday? Yeah, you should. Um, under Kevin Steele, they would go to a base 4-2-5. And right now it's a base 3-4. When you look at what Derek Mason has done in the past, he can he can switch out of that. Obviously, I feel like anybody who runs a 3-4, you're not going to be stuck in it all the time. But the the good thing that for Auburn is they have a lot of versatile personnel up front. And so that's going to bode well for them in not only the SEC, but college football at large where spread offenses, they go really fast. You don't always get a chance to substitute. So you've got guys that can play lots of different techniques along the defensive line. You've got guys that can play inside and outside linebackers, guys that can play slot corner, guys that can play safety. They can all play it at the same time, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I'm most looking forward to seeing about this defense i don't know how much of it we'll be able to see like in a in an offense versus defense Mm -hmm. drive setting but me personally if i were to have it my way i'd like to see the offense go hurry up um get down the field you know show off mike bobo's new offense bo nicks tank bigley those guys um and see how that defense adjusts and not just get like kind of situational you know drill type things Mm -hmm. but maybe we'll get that i don't know I'm, i'm kind of expecting a little bit less but yeah, Derek Mason, I think he's done a really good job of moving the pieces around that he has and, and kind of focusing on what Auburn's leaders are. I think the linebacking core and the secondary is really a strength, not only of the defense, but this team overall, while the defensive line 
sort of figures things out. They've kind of had some injuries as well. But yeah, I'm excited to see what it looks like because Kevin Steele was really good with that old defense and, and Auburn fans were really used to how that looked. And so now they're going to have to get used to something else. Yeah, there's seemingly been a championship level defense, I feel like, in, in, in Auburn for quite a while. You talked a little bit about offensive and, and you know, two of these spring games, it's really going to hard because, because you know, partially sometimes there's not even kickoffs and it's like more just feels like a seven on seven scrimmage at some points. Offensively, though, you know, this is a completely different look. Uh, obviously, the Gus Malzahn days where Auburn fans and, I, you know, I covered Georgia Tech with 24 seven. I remember in the spring game, first time under Jeff Collins, and you know the quarterback is under center and he throws to the tight end, and the whole stadium erupts and cheers because there's been not been a pass in years. <laughs> so on on Auburn size, when Bo Nix lines up under center, you know what are some things that you're excited to see about this offense? That and correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan, you're not able to see practice right now. Where in years prior there may be that opportunity. What are some things Auburn fans could be excited about to watch offensively and maybe some weapons? Yeah, uh, it's funny you say that. I've actually watched more practice this spring than I ever did under Malzahn. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you would think that, right? You would think that it's not the same. But no, Harson, Harson's like, come one, come all. He He's had wow. open practices. There were there was an open scrimmage, and he meant to have another one, and it got canceled by weather. Um, we've had two or three open practices. Um, yeah, it's been great. Gus Malzahn did not – I think he liked us. I liked Gus Malzahn, but he didn't like the idea of media – watching him that's a whole I, that's a whole like another that's podcast. a whole other episode <laughs> yeah 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 that could that, that could be fun though um but no yeah we've gotten a lot to see a lot of it in person um seen them go under center seen a lot of the quarterbacks screwed up and mike bobo said he expected that i mean a lot mm-hmm. of these guys he 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 said he ventured that i don't know if he bonix told him this but bonix has probably taken about 25 to 30 under center snaps in his entire career of high mm-hmm. school and college i mean like you players just don't do that anymore that's just not what an offense looks like and so i'm just what i'm going to be keeping my eye on is just the fundamentals of this offense and making sure they can kind of run their base sets that's a that's a lot of what brian harson has talked about especially on offense defense is a little different they're a little more um they just kind of have some more advanced mm-hmm. players this offensive line is really experienced but is it you know is it the best type of experience because they kind of struggled at times and this receiving core not only is all brand new but they have a ton of injuries and so they are just completely thinned out um, and then Bo Nix has had his highs, he's had his lows. And so I just want to see this offense run efficiently. You don't need to see the big plays right now. You don't need to see Bo Nix looking like Trevor Lawrence right now. Um, you need to just see him look comfortable in this mm-hmm. offense. That's a lot of what Bobo and Harson have talked about this spring, because even in just a few short weeks, they've gotten to absorb what fans have seen of Bo Nix over the years. And that's a really high, a talented quarterback, lots of athleticism, lots of arm talent sometimes make some head scratching decisions and so if you're an auburn fan if you're this auburn offense moving into his junior year it's kind of the time where you're like all right let's let's push those things out of the way let's start to become a little bit more of a mature football player again i don't know how much of that we're going to see in a spring game but kind of just the fundamentals and and the base of this offense is what i'll be looking for the most you talked about some specific players. Obviously, Bo Nix is the big one. I think that he it's a you don't want to say the word term polarizing figure, but when you think Auburn football and across the SEC, you got to have great quarterback play. At times last year, Bo Nix did make some head scratching plays. Now, I was more of the the uh, realist with it. The offensive line play wasn't tough, and a lot of times it felt like he was playing backyard football. The big one go back to me to the Georgia game. He's flinging the ball around trying to get it to Tank Bigsby. You know. How important is this junior season? Because I don't think people, a lot of people expect, unless something uncharacteristically happens, for Nix to make this massive jump. But, you know, you want to see him comfortable. How do you feel about Bo Nix being the starting quarterback at Auburn? 
Yeah, he's you're exactly right. He just needs to take a little jump because he didn't take one at all last season, I didn't think. Um that's, that's probably not fair. You know, you could look at parts of his game and probably say that some things did improve, but you're exactly right. The offensive line held him back a bunch. Um I'm sure you watched all that Georgia game. I mean, that I think of that one and I think of the Mississippi State game, which was the last game of the season, which was where they only had two guys left from their week one starting offensive line. Three guys were out um, with injury. So and that game, that, that is that was backyard football. I mean, he was running for his life every single play. But at the same time, when that happens, you start to get these tendencies of where the off because the offensive line was good at times last season. And mm-hmm. so you'd get these tendencies of where their pass blocking is great. A running back is in to, to chip that guy. You've got all the time in the world but he sees like a glimmer of a, of a pass rusher and he just flings out of the pocket because he's used to just getting sacked and he's used mm-hmm. to guys coming after him. Um, I, that's one thing that Brian Harson has been super, super keen on again this spring is he it did not take long for him to realize that this is a really, really talented former five-star quarterback, um, especially his freshman year. Bo Nix made some throws that, I mean, were just jaw-dropping. He has all the talent in the world. And last year, I thought he did a little bit better job of his legs, especially against LSU. Um, I think against Ole Miss, he did a really good job of it, too. He's really fast, like he, like kind of surprisingly. I mean, he was a dual threat quarterback out of high school. You, we knew he was fast, but um, the coaches said he's competing with some skill guys right now in terms of like outrunning wow. a defensive back. So really, really athletic. I'm interested to see what that looks like in this offense since it's a little bit more of a pro-style uh, traditional system with Mike Bobo. But no, I mean, just overall, to answer your question, he just has to take some sort of step. Hmm. He has to get more comfortable. He has to cut down on the turnovers. Um, he still hasn't completed 60% of his passes in his career yet for a season. So maybe you get to the 60-65 range this year, cut down, um, you know, have a good bit more touchdowns and interceptions. I think that's fine. Lean on Tank Bixby. You might have the best running back in the conference. Lean on him. Let your offensive line get together. Make some easy throws. They're going to incorporate the tight ends more. I think that'll be a big thing for him and kind of some comfortability. So he doesn't need to be Trevor Lawrence again. He doesn't need to be, um, you know, a, a super crazy quarterback who makes all these plays on the run. Cause that's what he tries to be. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think if he plays within himself a little bit more, um, he's in line for a good season. I, I think he'll have a good season. I, I think he'll take that next step forward, even if it is just a small step. Yeah. He definitely has a talent. No question about it. And it's kind of funny. You mentioned him and alongside tank Bigsby, especially in this area right here. And we have, you know, Bo's father and son, the combination at Central Phoenix City High School just across the river, and then Tank just 20 minutes from my house right now where he played at Callaway High School. And another one of the receivers, Kobe Hudson, who came, you know, was a quarterback in high school, kind of his do-it-all guy. What are some players, and, and maybe it's some of those guys, what are some players that Auburn fans should keep an eye on and for the spring game that have kind of pressed so far in spring practice that maybe some names we haven't thought of so far? Yeah, I mean, it is some of those guys. Tank Bigsby is the most talented player, I think, on this entire roster. Uh, you could look at, again, some of those guys on the defensive side of the ball. They're a little more experienced. They've got they've got NFL players over there, guys like Owen Papo and Roger McCreary. But I don't know. We went to that open practice, that first one, the scrimmage, and he just, I mean, even against high-level defenders, it's like boys against men um, <laughs> out there. And people forget that. I mean, everything he did, he ran for 834 yards. There was only five games where he carried the ball 15 times or more. And that was because he was hurt at the end of the year. And then at the beginning of the year, they just didn't know how good he was yet. And they he wasn't the feature back. And so there was only a little chunk there in the middle where he was the feature back. So I I could not be higher on Tank Bixby thinking that he is really, really good. I don't know if he's the best running back in the conference. I think he has a really good chance to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much the offensive line will let him do that. I think 
run blocking. They were better than pass blocking last year. So he's got a chance there. Yeah, Kobe Hudson. I mean, people need to step up in this receiving core. It's been Javarius Johnson, a guy out of Hewitt Trustville in Alabama. He stepped up because they've got three injuries right now, all of which were to guys who were supposed to play a pretty big role next season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Javarius Johnson's been really good. And then on the defensive side of the ball, it's like you've got one or two guys from every single room because, again, they're really deep there, especially in the linebacking core and especially in the secondary. They're deep along the defensive line, but it's not necessarily experience depth. They're all kind of green. They're like second year, you know, sophomore, second year JUCO transfers, not necessarily guys with a ton of experience. So on offense, I definitely tank Bixby. And then defense, Smoke Monday. I'm excited to see what he does in his mm -hmm. senior year. Obviously, in great name, the all name team. He's definitely there on go. there. Both of those guys, Tank and Smoke, great names. <laughs> um, but he's taken on more of a leadership role. This spring, everyone in front of him is kind of settling into slightly altered roles under Derek Mason while he's kind of maintaining that same strong safety build. So excited to see what both those guys do. But really, it hasn't been a super huge like breakout player mm -hmm. spring. We haven't really had a ton of that so far. So, I mean, everybody's the offseason national champion in spring. Everybody, you know, is the best player ever. So uh, but it's been a little bit subdued to that under the Gus in the Gus Malzahn era. Um I don't know what it was. Maybe it was Gus's not, you know, elaborating on what a player actually does well. He would just say that they're great and they're amazing. So, but I'm again excited to see everybody out there. But those would probably be the two guys that I would watch the most. Well, it'll be De uh, Brian Harson's debut uh, on the Plains. I know fans are excited to be there, and obviously yourself as well. I mean, it's a blessing and an opportunity, especially now. I know that I will never um, wish, no matter how long the game goes. I will never wish that I was not there, especially after the season that we just had. So, Nathan, I appreciate it. Uh, for our listeners and viewers, obviously you're a big part of the 24-7 sports community, but where can they find you and your content as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, Auburn Undercover is our site. You, all kinds of stuff there. Um, we just had a women's basketball story go up, so we cover everything under the sun, um, which I'm pretty proud of. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, at by Nathan King, you can get all my, you know, not necessarily – uh, streamlined coverage all the time. If I want to talk about something stupid that you might find it on there as well. So sounds good. Nathan, well, I appreciate it, man. You enjoy Saturday and I know Auburn fans are ready to be back in Jordan air. And then I'm telling you, we'll blink and Labor Day weekend and college football season. We'll be back. Cannot wait. Appreciate it, Bryce. Appreciate having me on.